welcome to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Davis. Backlash is this Sunday, and we're breaking down those matchups on the show. Apparently, Vince McMahon listened to the show last week and got Roman Reigns in a match, but he had the wrong idea, and so we'll explain that. Plus, a lot happened on Dynamite this past week, and all of that will be covered, so let's get to the show next. Welcome to the show. I hope everyone's had a great week so far. And if you did not watch Dynamite this past week, it was a treat, maybe except for the last 30 minutes. And we can thank Becky Lynch for that. So if you did not realize, Becky Lynch made some comments about the AEW women's roster recently being much less sufficient than the WWE women's division which we could debate on, you know, you have Becky Lynch, you have Charlotte Flair, you have Ronda Rousey, whether you say she's a great wrestler or not, that's a big name. You have Bailey, who's been off TV for a while. You have Asuka, who just returned. You have Sasha Banks. You have Rhea Ripley. You have Liv Morgan. WWE's women's roster is pretty significant. But AEW's women's roster, aside from Britt Baker... Maybe you can say the recent additions of Ruby Soho and Tony Storm, who are ex-WWE. They don't have a lot for the women. And I love Thunder Rosa, don't get me wrong, but her promo this past week on Dynamite was rough with Serena Deeb. I looked over at my dad because we were watching it together. I was like, Dad, this is, this is rough. I love Thunder Rosa as a competitor. And her English has gotten better. Uh, I believe her English isn't her first language. Obviously, she's more familiar with Spanish. But that promo with Serena D just maybe uh, they'll have a match at Double or Nothing later this month, which will be a great match in ring. But please do not let me sit through another promo of Thunder Rosa and Serena D, please. And then you follow that up. Again, this was the last 30 minutes of the show. You have the Deanna Perrazzo versus Mercedes Martinez for the undisputed ROH Women's Championship. They didn't want to wait till a pay-per-view like WWE did with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And Mercedes Martinez won that fight. So what that tells me is Deanna Perrazzo is probably officially done with Ring of Honor and won't be competing in AEW. This was her first and probably last AEW match. If she had won, I fully expect her to have signed an AEW deal or at least a deal to continue appearing on Ring of Honor. But Mercedes Martinez won this match. I don't know what's next for Mercedes Martinez. If she'll defend the title against one of the up-and-coming AEW women stars AQA comes to mind or if they'll have her compete against someone on the ring of honor roster, whoever Tony Khan signed. But other than those 30 minutes of dynamite, the rest of the show was top notch. I mean, genuinely. And we'll talk about how WWE needs to fill out their raw and SmackDown to make it worthy. But one thing about dynamite, that it does is they hype their shows a week in advance. They stack the card. They open with a great match. They usually close with a great match, which 
despite it underlivering for my taste, Dion Perrazzo and Mercedes Martinez unifying titles is a main event caliber match. I would have placed it maybe mid card, but to each their own. And one of the big things from Dynamite this past week, W. Morrissey, who used to go by Big Cass in WWE, was in a tag team with Enzo Amore, returned, debuted, whatever you want to call it, and he was Wardlow's opponent, handpicked by MJF. And if you remember W. Morrissey or Big Cass from WWE, when he was leaving WWE, he was in a rough spot. He was addicted to alcohol. He hasn't shied away from that. And he, he looked in horrible physical shape. And watching W. Morrissey on Dynamite this past week, I was shocked. I followed a little bit of Impact Wrestling. And I've seen some pictures online of W. Morrissey, but he has completely transformed his body to where he just made a name for himself. And if there's anybody in wrestling who won this week for themselves, it was W. Morrissey. I didn't like Wardlow beating him with just one power bomb, but to each their own, W. Morrissey looked really good physically. He was interacting with the crowd. He was gaining heat, which the fans are behind Wardlow already. And I would not be shocked if W. Morrissey hasn't put his name out there and WWE is calling him again. I've heard some people say they're impressed with him. I wouldn't be surprised if AEW is trying to lock him down, which where would W. Morrissey fit? Maybe he's part of the pinnacle. As Sean Spears said, he has PP, a lot of PP, pinnacle potential. But another big thing out of this match is they made W. Morrissey look like a million bucks and could help him propel his career and is going to be a really good comeback story. But Wardlow still looks incredible. The biggest competitor Wardlow's faced in his AEW career, and he beats him with one powerbomb. And Wardlow goes through the entire security, and he might actually get his match with MJF, which I fully expect at double or nothing. And Wardlow's become, I've said this before on the show, he's become the next Batista. I remember when Batista broke away from Evolution and Triple H in 2005. It was Triple H, Ric Flair, and Batista at the time. And when Wardlow broke away, it was just him and MJF and Sean Spears because FTR had kind of transitioned in their face role, which, by the way, Dax Harwood's going to have a killer match in the Owen Hart tournament against Adam Cole. We might get to talk about that in a few minutes. But Wardlow's the next Batista, and he's over with the crowd. And there, there's no doubt in my mind, like, Heyman Page is champion right now. CM Punk might beat him at double or nothing, but I fully expect MJF to be the next champion, or if not the next champion, champion after. He'll beat Page or Punk for the title, and then we'll have Wardlow pop back up again and become AEW world champion, and that is somebody AEW has completely built on their own. And last week we talked about the world title match for double or nothing. Hangman Page is defending against CM Punk, which was going to be a great match, but Hangman Page came out to the ring. CM Punk wasn't in attendance in Baltimore. And Hangman Page cut a very heel-like promo, which caught 
myself off guard. It kind of caught my dad off guard when we were watching. I was like, are they turning Hangman Page heel? First, they turned Sammy Guevara heel, which was a bad idea with him still feuding with Dan Lambert because you don't want Dan Lambert cheered. You want him booed. And now Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are like the modern day Edge and Lita couple. And they're playing it really well. But now Sammy and Ty are getting some bad heat for it. I wouldn't even say the good heat like MJF garners. But Hangman Page comes out and he attacks a fan verbally, not physically. And he says that CM Punk, their hero, is not going to take his title. And I'm not sure why AEW did not go the face versus a face route. Because for this match and for this magnitude, this could work. Usually AEW doesn't do face versus face for the world title, especially a main event. They want you to pick a side. And it appears they want you to pick CM Punk's side. Which Hangman Page has beat Brian Danielson, which Danielson turned heel for that feud and stayed heel. Hangman Page has beat Adam Cole. Hangman Page has been a good face champion that the fans have gotten behind and supported. But now we have Hangman acting as the heel for the CM Punk match. And I don't know if you can get Hangman Page to beat CM Punk the way this is going right now and go back to a face. Hangman Page might cheat his way into a victory over Punk, or he might lose. And CM Punk's the big hero guy, greatest comeback of 2022, 2021. He came back last August. I'm not sure where Hangman Page goes from here. I'm assuming MJF is the next world champion if CM Punk doesn't beat Hangman Page. Could you get Hangman to turn face again for fans to hate MJF winning the world title? I'm not too sure. So if they're going this Hangman Page heel route, they've obviously went Sammy Guevara the heel route. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But I mentioned a couple minutes ago the Owen Hart tournament. And the brackets are finally here. First of all, uh, Phoenix and Dante Martin this past Wednesday on Dynamite was incredible. It was a great match. I, I loved it. Those two guys can go, go, go. And I remember watching Dante and his brother Darius top flight on like a random wrestling indie show my dad found. And I was like, whoa. And my dad's like, they'll be on TV very soon. And give it two, two, two and a half years. And they are. I don't even think it was that long. And Dante Martin has just outgrown himself. But Phoenix won that match. And Phoenix is going to face Kyle O'Reilly. I'm assuming Phoenix wins that match unless unless House of Black interferes and costs Phoenix the match, further hyping that trios match that will probably happen at double or nothing between House of Black and Death Triangle, which has been a long time coming. And then on the next side of that bracket, you got Samoa Joe versus the Joker. And I would I don't even know who the Joker will be. A lot of people think it will be Miro's return. A lot of people think it will be Cesaro's debut. Could be even one of the guys, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh. But I really think the Joker needs to win, and it needs to happen with Jay Lethal costing Samojo the match. Samojo's looked golden so far, and 
I don't see him losing clean. So we could have two very cheap matches on that side of the bracket with Kyle O'Reilly winning maybe over Phoenix, but I expect Phoenix to win. But I think the cheap victory advancement will be the Joker advancing because Samoa Joe was cost the match. Then you have on the other side, Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. Jeff Hardy this Wednesday like looked rough moving around the ring. I don't know how long he'll stay in AEW, but Darby Allen needs this win. I would be highly shocked if Darby Allen loses to Jeff Hardy. And then the next one's going to be a classic on the mat, Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. And that's going to be a solid match, but not sure how this is going to go in terms of getting fans behind the match. I'm going to be behind the match, but Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood, it'll, it'll be interesting. It could be a really great match or who knows with that one, but Adam Cole, obvious choice to win that match. And so we'll get Adam Cole versus Darby Allen. And I believe one of them face the Joker and it all depends on who the Joker actually is. If it's a face, it's going to be Adam Cole. If it's a heel, it's going to be Darby Allen. And that's going to be a great match at double or nothing. But when we come back, Vince McMahon listened to this podcast and got Roman Reigns in the main event, but he misunderstood everything that I said. And we'll talk about that more next as we come back on the show. Welcome back to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Davis. And if you have followed our Facebook and Instagram pages, which if you haven't already followed, I would highly recommend. We've been counting down Backlash because we're two days away from Backlash. The top five matches in the event's history. So you can go back and look on Facebook and Instagram for five, four, three, and two but you're going to get the number one match in Backlash history right now. If you remember, a couple weeks ago, we had an episode called The 20 Years of Orton and mentioned a match that put Randy Orton on the trajectory that he was. So, Orton was made a star in this match. It was at Backlash 2004, No Holds Barred, Randy Orton versus Mick Foley. And that, in my mind and genuinely probably should be unanimous, the best Backlash match of all time, which we mentioned some really great ones this week on our social media accounts. But how can you not put this at number one, knowing what Orton put his body through, how fully came back out of his prime and made a star for the next 20 years? Without that match, I don't know what would have become of Randy Orton's career and it was incredible. Again, follow our Facebook and Instagram for content throughout the week while you wait for a Friday podcast. But Vince McMahon finally got Roman Reigns on the card for Backlash nine days away from the event. Obviously, this was last Friday after we went off the air. And I had mentioned Roman Reigns needs a match or you need a main event. And that main event I would lean towards RK Bro versus the Usos because it would advance the Roman Reigns, the bloodline, the tribal chief, the head of the table. It would advance that character, that storyline. And so later that night on SmackDown, 
we have the contract sign for RK Bro versus the Usos. Roman Reigns comes down. They attack RK Bro three on two. Roman rips up the contract. Here comes Drew McIntyre out of nowhere. He beat Sami Zayn later or earlier that night in a steel cage match. And all of a sudden, we don't have the tag title unification match at Backlash. Instead, we have a six-man tag team match. Vince, that is not what I said. Okay, you have been hyping up for weeks, for weeks, a tag team title unification match. We went over how weak the tag team division is right now. It, it's it's almost non-existent. FTR, the revival, formerly known as in WWE, left because you didn't put an emphasis on the tag team division. You don't have a lot of tag teams. Randy Orton and Riddle shouldn't have been a tag team this long, but you don't have tag teams, and the fans got behind it, so they've kept going. You are long overdue for a Randy Orton versus Riddle feud, which needs to happen at SummerSlam or Survivor Series, either one of those two big pay-per-views. You, you don't have a tag team division to sustain two titles. And so now you have the opportunity, and you said you were going to do this. You were going to unify the tag team titles at Backlash, and that is the one match a lot of people wanted to see. Of course, we have Flair and Rousey. We have Rhodes-Rollins, but that was the match people wanted to see. Instead, you give us a match that could have been on a Raw or a SmackDown just as easily. Drew, throwing Drew McIntyre in there makes no sense right now. It makes zero sense. You had Shinsuke Nakamura come out the SmackDown after WrestleMania. Where is he? It would have been more sensible to have Nakamura in that match than for Drew McIntyre. But you're giving us a match that could have main event or Raw or SmackDown. This is why Raw and SmackDown lack substance. Okay? The tag title unification match would have been good for pay-per-view. A Roman Reigns title match would be good for a pay-per-view. Instead, you're giving us a six-man tag team match where it means nothing. And the only, the only way you can make this better, the only way you can save this is if you come up on SmackDown tonight and announce that all the titles are on the line, it's winner-take-all, or at least put one of the titles, probably the WWE Championship on the line, along with the tag titles, not the Universal title, which I don't know how you would go about that, or put all the titles on the line. We're going to take all six-man tag. Okay, now I'm invested. Now I'm invested because there's stakes on the line. But instead, why would I not just skip that match? Why would I not go to bed early if you're trying to main event with that match? I, I get, like I told you, Roman Reigns needed to be on this show. But Roman Reigns needs to defend his universal title, if so. That tag title unification that you hyped up for three weeks needs to happen. Because now you're discrediting us watching Raw and SmackDown. Which, I, I don't want this to turn into AEW's better than WWE. That's not all what I'm saying. I call it like I see it. But this is one reason why AEW Dynamite shows are must-watch. They advertise matches in advance. And 
it builds. I I know if I watch a dynamite this past Wednesday that it will matter in the storylines three weeks from now. It's not going to be completely tossed out the window. So that begs the question, will we ever, ever, ever get the tag titles unified? After, after this, I don't know. I would hope so because there's not a division enough to sustain it. Sustain two titles on Raw and SmackDown. There's not a roster. You're cutting people left and right. I'm I'm very disappointed with that. Will we ever get Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roman Reigns? Or do you expect us as fans to forget what happened the SmackDown after WrestleMania where we haven't seen Shinsuke Nakamura since and you double book Drew McIntyre on the show between a steel cage match, apparently ended in a feud with Sami Zayn to get into the six-man tag match where why would he be defending Horton and Riddle? To begin with, he had he had no stakes in that. Nakamura could have come out and saved RK Bro because of that altercation with Roman Reigns a few weeks prior. This is this is terrible. I'm I'm upset and I'm disappointed that we're not getting this tag title unification match at Backlash this Sunday. Hopefully, they come out and save it tonight on. SmackDown saying win or take all, but that is the only thing that will make this better. But when we come back, we're going to close the show with our backlash predictions. So stay tuned right here on the show. Welcome back to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Davis, and... I had to take a breather after that last segment. I got really heated about just feeling stupid, like feeling like my intelligence is insulted by WWE and their creative team where it's like, psych, you're not getting this tag title unification match this Sunday at Backlash. So what's the point of watching? And right now we're going to go through our Backlash predictions and why not start with this six-man tag while I'm still riled up about it. So... As it stands right now, RK Bro and Drew McIntyre versus the Bloodline, no titles on the line. And I'm assuming the Bloodline wins. Maybe. And with the titles not on the line, this does open up Roman not taking the pinfall. Maybe Drew McIntyre pins one of the Usos and puts him on track for a world title match at the next pay-per-view, maybe. I could see that. But do you have the Bloodline lose on pay-per-view or premium live event, whatever they're trying to say? That's the question they need to answer. So my, my gut is telling me that the Bloodline win if any championships are at stake and they fix this of what they destroyed last week on SmackDown. And if it's a non-title, then RK bro and Drew McIntyre are going to figure out a way. Roman does not eat the pin. It's one of the Usos, maybe Jimmy, Jimmy Uso would probably be it. And this will propel Drew McIntyre into the world title picture. A couple lower card matches we have. 
Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. Obviously, they broke up the week after WrestleMania after Corbin lost to Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre's been in like three feuds in the last month with Corbin and Sami Zayn, and now, I guess, Roman Reigns. But Corbin versus Moss, I think you need Moss to go over on this one. Corbin, everyone but Drew has fell victim to the end of days. And Moss needs a big win. Moss needs a win on Backlash. Corbin needs to come out the next week on SmackDown and, you know, get revenge on losing and being humiliated at Backlash. So I'm I'm expecting Mad Cat Moss to defeat Corbin, his former ally. And a lot of this card, as a matter of fact, the rest of these matches that are is now listed on the backlash card obviously subject to change are rematches from wrestlemania which i think is pretty lazy booking it's like yeah let's slap this card together and let's 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 do this match we can do this one again and let's do that one and uh we we probably couldn't do that one uh but yeah let's let's throw that one in there still probably be good matches don't get me wrong but it's just lazy, lazy booking. I, I want something fresh. After WrestleMania, there needs to be a hard reset, but that's a story for and rant for another time. I'm already upset about the gosh, I'm already upset about the unification match being gone. Like, what's the point? But uh rematches from WrestleMania on the card. We have Bobby Lashley versus Omos. Lashley went over at WrestleMania. Now Omos has MVP in his corner. It's pretty obvious you need Omos to win this match, showing that once MVP went over to Omos's side, he's unstoppable. And that and that needs to be the point driven home with this match. Uh, you have AJ Styles versus Edge. Damian Priest is banned from ringside with this one. So if you remember back at WrestleMania, Damian Priest distracts AJ Styles so Edge can hit a spear off a springboard and win the match. So with Damian Priest banned from ringside, we I'm expecting AJ Styles to win, but we could get a complete swerve and probably the same near ending of this match as it was at WrestleMania. And a third person could debut for Edge's new stable, which I guess is Judgment Day, is what it's being called. Another throwback pay-per-view name. A lot of people have said Tommaso Ciampa, some people have thrown out a women's name, Rhea Ripley. I'd personally prefer Ciampa in this, but who knows, right? Who knows? But unless anyone else debuts, I'm taking AJ Styles with this one. And this next match, we have Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship and I Quit match. And I mentioned this last week on the show. I've probably seen the greatest I quit match in my lifetime live. And it was an indie show, uh, AML wrestling, Brad attitude, Caprice Coleman. That was intense, incredible. So much emotions right there. So I'm probably going to be disappointed with this match, but I'm expecting flair and Rousey to deliver. There's no reason they can't. And odds are, heavily in ronda rousey's favor everywhere you look thinks ronda rousey wins she can't really eat two losses back to back to charlotte but if you're wanting to build charlotte up i say charlotte needs to win like this needs to be a swerve this needs to be a jaw dropper 
fans are shocked that Charlotte wins kind of way and do it in a way where the face doesn't look weak, like they're giving up on their fan base. And this could really propel Charlotte as one of the greatest women's champions of all time. And then have Bailey come back and build towards Bailey versus Charlotte at SummerSlam, which I think I th- I think could be a great match and a great use of talent because we're just waiting on Bailey. Genuinely, we're waiting on Bailey. Wouldn't be shocked if Ronda Rousey wins, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the upset with Charlotte Flair, which baffles me that I would even have to say that. And the final match on the card. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, too. Drawing on the fact that Rollins was surprised that it was Cody, didn't expect Cody. Yeah, right. Uh, Rhodes is the easy pick. And I don't see Cody Rhodes losing this early in his WWE career. It just wouldn't make sense. But Rollins could win and set up a Hell in a Cell match at the next pay-per-view as the rubber match. And this keeps Rollins credible. This keeps Cody credible. Maybe it's a cheap victory. Uh, There could be a lot of cheap victories on this card. It's very heel heavy, but I'm going to say Cody Rhodes. I still think you can get to the Hell in a Cell match as a third with Cody winning. I just think it's easier for Rollins to win. And then you have a reason for a third match rather than Rollins just trying to sneak his way into another match with Cody Rhodes. Well, as of now, that's the Backlash card. That's all that's set for this Sunday. I'll be watching. Hopefully we get some, either the tag titles or the world titles on the line or the six-man tag doesn't main event, or I'll go to bed early. I might flip on something else, whatever the case may be. But Thank you so much for listening to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. We have a new mic. We have a lot of social media content. I'm super excited for all the support. Last week's episode was the most listened to episode in our history. So don't pat me on the back, pat you on the back, because this is being driven by you. There's so much more exciting stuff on the show coming up. And so thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this weekend of wrestling content. If you watch Backlash, awesome. Let me know your thoughts. Maybe we can get some of you on the show here in the future to talk wrestling with me. But until then, this has been Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast, and have a great week.